Hey there, people on the interwebs. It's me, Brandon Noel. Uh, sorry, this episode's going out late. It's it's a it's a shame. It is going out late because this month we are reading uh, Jedi Search, uh, Star Wars novel, and it's not like there was anything Star Warsy going on this month. It's not like there was Star Wars celebration. It's not like they released a new Blu-ray. That, you know, it's not like there was uh, also a trailer for the new movie coming out. It's not like there's, there's anything Star Wars going on this month. So, man, we really missed the mark by coming out late with this one. Because this was not planned at all. And, and to release a Star Wars novel the same month as Celebration and all that, man, uh, I, I have to apologize for dropping the ball because uh, if... if if we had gotten this one out on time, uh, it could have been really cool. Um, anyway, uh, we are reading uh, uh, Jedi Search by Kevin J. Anderson. Um, this is the first novel in the uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. Um, this is now considered part of their uh, Legends uh, line because the events of the novel are no longer canon. Um, and we talk a little bit about that. But before we dive into this month's book, I uh, just want to talk a little bit about um, upcoming events and uh, say thank you to the people who uh, uh, swung by at WonderCon. Yes, this previous month I was at WonderCon, which is why this episode's coming out just a little bit late. Because uh, I was at WonderCon the day this episode should have gone up. Uh but I want to, you know, thank all the, the, the fine people at the Kevin uh, Workman Foundation and uh, uh, Laramie Taylor and all that, that, you know, WonderCon goodness was awesome. Uh, and anyone who swung by our booth and, uh, and hung out and chatted for a while. Uh, also, uh, if you're going to be in the uh, Temecula area... Ryan's Comics, April 22nd, is a uh, release of a new Magic the Gathering uh, pack. I don't know which one it is. Uh, I was a Yu-Gi-Oh! player, so I don't know my magic. Um, we're, I'll be there. It's a midnight release. I'll be there drawing and, and doing some artsy stuff. Um, fun, fun will be had April 22nd at Ryan's Comics. Then... Uh, April 29th, uh, my birthday is, uh, TitanCon at, uh, UCLU in, uh, was it, it's, um, uh, uh, give me a second, yeah, TitanCon, um, Sorry, uh, it's not like I, I had any time to prep for this or anything. Uh, TitanCon is at USUF um, in uh, uh, Fremont. Uh, it's a college. Um, it, it, it's a convention hosted by the uh, uh, student body there. I'll be there. Um, hope you guys come by TitanCon, uh, April 29th, uh, it's gonna be pretty much all day, um, so that's gonna be a fun show, 
And then um, Free Comic Book Day is um, the first Saturday in May, uh, May 6th. It's a uh, holiday for us geeks and nerds. It's, it's probably my favorite holiday. Uh, you have, uh, I will be out in uh, Palm Springs um, over there. Uh, I, I don't know the exact location yet. Uh, follow me on Facebook and uh, the Twitter uh, at Destiny Comics for that information. Um, yeah, it, I think we're the only comic book thing going on that weekend in Palm Springs. So come on out. Family-friendly event. Uh, and, uh, you know, just have a little fun. Free comic book day. Get a free comic book. It's awesome. Uh, past that, uh, um, I have some other dates coming up. I'll be letting you guys know about shows and stuff that we'll be doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it for the upcoming events. Uh, uh, check out uh, the YouTube for... Uh, I'll be launching more uh, artist videos and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, thank you, and, uh, I hope you enjoy this month's book, Jedi Search, by Kevin J. Anderson. Alright, you had no idea, but I liked it. This is news to me. Shocker. But yeah, so that was why. And then, and then, yeah, but most of my dreams since I've been on this diet, mm -hmm. that have been of, like, anything to do with diet or losing weight or anything, uh -huh. have been me going off diet, like, off the meal plan and eating carbs. <laughs> like, new... Like you know, eating a bunch of cookies and ice cream or something. <laughs> I wake I up and I'm like, cookie. like no, <laughs> I'm so glad that dream carbs don't actually affect you. <laughs> so screwed. <laughs> Here, take this. I can't have this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I do. Everyone silence your phone. Yeah, I'm working on that right now. It's like you do all our pop tarts. <laughs> no, some of them were. I actually really liked the uh, root beer ones. But. Take the cookie. <laughs> right. Take the cookie. 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 the the gangster acting oh. keeps emphasizing the wrong syllable. I may, I may have sent that to everybody, but still, I have to put in a plug for uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Uh, it's a period piece oh, set yeah. in the time period of Napoleon, and it's based off of a book, and it's like a, an alternate universe in that magic exists. Magic is not, has not existed for about 300 years. And then uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell are two magicians that appear as practitioners of magic and like ushering in the new age of magic to Great Britain. That's cool. But it's a, a well done period piece and it's a really well done story. That's on Netflix. And it's on Netflix. Oh, I was thinking it was a book. Uh, there, well, it is, it is a book. It is a book. 
but it's uh, the the episodes are actually nine. No, no, they're they're like fifty eight minutes long. And what's it called again? It's called Jonathan Strange and Mister Norell. N O R R E L L. N O E L. Me. And it's uh-huh. it's season one is what's on there now, and it's seven episodes. Netflix original? Uh, no, it's BBC. Oh, hey, like that. A BBC original. Hey, I love BBC. And BBC. I watched it yesterday. All seven episodes. It, the story. The story sucked me in. I I reached a point where my brain needed a break, so I I watched a couple episodes of The Batman just to have a total break. And then uh, I uh, got the final final word that there was no writer's club last night, so I went ahead and finished it. Yeah. Oh, man, we could have gone and done Pokemon. I wasn't feeling well last night. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this. All right. Uh, We are the bookies. Uh, I'm Brandon Noel. Wayne Abraham. David McFarlane. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. Maylene Noel. And uh, we are the bookies. And this month we are reading Star Wars Jedi Search by... um, Kevin Kevin J. Anderson. Anderson. Kevin J. Anderson. Thank you. Uh... Dave, this was your your <coughs> bless you. Uh, this was your book for for recommendation. Uh, you want to tell everyone the plot, basically just plot of this book and, and why you, you put this forth. Um, I've been a Star Wars fan ever since I saw the original Star Wars at the movie theater, and actually it was a drive-in theater in 1977. I was Ooh. I was six, <laughs> but I've been. Uh, been a big fan of Star Wars ever since, and and uh, been watching the movies and reading the books, and I just really enjoyed this one. But um, this book starts off uh, seven years after Return of the Jedi, and even though there are some books that are before this in the timeline, um, you could hop into these books and, and start them up like, like they're a fresh story and you, you won't be missing a thing. And it's like each each series is, is a, uh, a story within itself that just flows along and you can just start up anywhere in it and not feel that you missed anything. Even though it does have some references of the previous books, you can go back and read those and it, 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 everything flows and, it, and it's real good. But um, this story basically starts off, like I said, seven years after uh, Return of the Jedi with uh, Princess Leia (coughs) and Han married. They have kids. Leia is um, on Coruscant because of Return of the Jedi. I mean, yeah, those books, Coruscant fell with the Emperor, et cetera, et cetera. And she's part of um, the ambassador. Actually, she's probably one of the high-up government officials with Mon Matha. And it, it re- reintroduces um, all the, the characters that I grew up with during the Star Wars movies. And it's basically like, what are they doing now kind of thing. Like, like the government is, is the new, the new republic is gone on. And what they're doing now with 
remnants of the Jedi coming in, or not remnants of the Jedi, remnants of the Empire, because they're still they're not they didn't get everything. There's always planets out there that will have some kind of evil force of of the Empire coming in and, and threatening them, or else they wouldn't have any stories. But um, anyway, the Jedi search is with um, Luke Skywalker, and he feels that the Jedi should be a protector of the government, and he's trying to find people with force powers and train them, which probably goes against his Jedi training since it's supposed to be one-on-one. Now he's going to build an academy, but... This is a diversion, but the whole uh, rule of one-on-one... That's uh, I never dove into the extended universe because this is the first time I've ever dove into the extended universe. It's my understanding that the one-on-one was a um, uh, the, the rule of, of one-on-one was the um, dark side users, the um, yes. the Sith, whereas the Jedi always had the temples and the they the had Jedi. the temples and schools, but as far as a master and a padawan, yeah, until the padawan reached. But it's my understanding that the rule of one-on-one was that way um, the Sith Lord wouldn't have to worry about one or two of these little punks trying to stab him in the back. <laughs> like, that, that's, right? that's my understanding. It's a very valid fear. It, it, could, it could mean yeah. that way, but mainly they, they did it for the, the light side, so they wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be tempted with um, rushing in their training when uh, uh, a teacher could be focusing on that one student all the time mm. and making sure that he's not overstepping his bounds and and having the student actually just neglect what he's doing and, and wander off on a path that he's not supposed to be doing when he's supposed to be focusing on what his teacher's teaching him. And I figured that a teacher with multiple students, it would be kind of dangerous, but, I mean, I think Luke is... is they they got to rebuild. they got to rebuild fast. They have to rebuild, yeah. they got to rebuild fast, and if he, I guess Luke has a lot of confidence in himself to be able to take on that many students, but he's going to try. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what the, the book is about. Um, now, again, I never dove into any of the extended universe. I grew up with Droids, the comic book from Marvel, didn't read any of the Dark Horse comics. Didn't read any... I always felt like the movies were enough for me. Um, the, my, my question is... Because this, this is a weird book now that it's no longer canon. <laughs> it, it's, it's considered part of the Legends line. Yeah. Um, wh- why'd you throw this out here? Why, why'd you, why'd you rec- uh, put it up for... I really for enjoyed it because... Um, I've watched the like I said, watched the movies dozens of times throughout my life, and every time this is the second time that I've read this book, and it made me feel like I was reliving watching those old movies again. It felt like out of the '77 yeah. continuity, yeah. And it was certainly a lot better than the, the last book we read. <laughs> Everything's better than the last book we read. And um, well, no, we. I, I just, I'm just, you know. Because it is a, it's a weird thing to like, it doesn't fit in continuity anymore. It's still a good book. I had a lot of fun reading it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you, you have to understand that it's just recently that these, that 
the continuity has been set. The, 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 well, the prequels actually yeah, contradict things in this book. Yeah. This mm-hmm. book here was, I believe, written in 1994. 94? So okay. You have to figure that, what, Return of the Jedi was 1984, so only 10 years later. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure they had books right after the movie. Yeah, they had some books. Yeah. It, it, Lucas wasn't prepared for the books. The books and the, the extended universe stuff. Because even their Marvel. Uh, yeah, 1994. The Marvel stuff was really like. Um, a weird handshake license agreement, and mm-hmm. and it, you know it, the, the very first Star Wars novel was called Splinter in a Mind's Eye by Alan Dean Foster. I actually yeah. had used to own a an autographed copy of that. No longer, but used to, and that came out after the very first Star Wars film. Okay, which is Episode Four. So it, 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 we're, we're saying it, it, it came, Yeah, it came out before Empire Strikes Back. Before Empire Strikes Back, okay. that was eighty-one, I believe. No, mm. so like, was like ten or something. <laughs> ten or eleven. That's what. That's when this book Splinter in the Mind's Eye came out, and um, you know it. It was well written. It took place on alien planets. You know, it introduced new aliens and stuff. It has Luke in it. Luke has a confrontation with Darth Vader and cuts off his hand. Mm. And then the movies come <laughs> out. And Luke has a confrontation with Darth Vader and gets his hand cut off instead. So obviously the first novel wasn't canon at that point, coming out after the first movie that was made and before the other two. That, that's interesting. I'm... I'm because we'll we'll have probably a bigger discussion on this later. Because that's that that's really interesting about continuity being Star Wars continuity kind of being fluid like that. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. So also um, one of the reasons why I, I picked this book is um, I couldn't find the first three. <laughs> <laughs> and also I think the reason why a lot of these books were written was because I was I was thinking. That a lot of people they enjoyed the the Star Wars movies so much that they were hoping that George Lucas was going to continue on. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was kind of disappointing that he didn't follow up with some of the with what? some of the fan stories and just made up some horrible Episode Seven <gasps> by himself. Uh, well, <laughs> some we'll of us talk later. <laughs> some of us really like. I like Episode Seven. Oh, episode <laughs> Seven was poop. That's because like you that. think the episodes that have been should have been this book. This, this book should have been episode seven. So believe me, skip the movie oh. and read the book. Oh, well, that's one man's opinion. <laughs> one man's opinion. <laughs> the the yeah. views expressed in this podcast do not represent. Right? <laughs> 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 okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, mine and mine and Luke's. You don't want to watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want good. to watch. You want to read the book. This is the movie you're reading. Disney thinks these stories have merit with them still being in print under the Legends line. Yeah. Yes. Like these are still in print even though they're out of continuity. Yeah. 
Well, it has their name on it because I got a new version of the book. You have the, the original printing. I have the legend. Yeah, I have the, I have the, I have the upgraded Star Wars on there yeah. on the red with, with the additional picture on the cover. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. have the cheap version. It's still the same book. But yeah, yeah. You, you'll notice if you see by one of the new versions, the Disney logo and Lucasfilms are side by side on the back by the uh, ISBN number. Yeah, the, the barcode. I think that's really interesting. I think, like, Disney believes these books have merit. Yeah, or they wouldn't be. Yeah, I honestly think it probably just came with a Lucas deal when he sold them to Disney. Well, no, because Disney has actually excommunicated a lot of stuff. Disney, there were video games in development that Disney shut down. There was a lot of things that were in the works in the pipeline that Disney said no. No. Um, I can understand that be- because that would have been something new, but with books, all they're redoing is just printing. They're, they're just reprinting, reprinting material. And Which they don't have to do. Money. Yeah. And the thing is, they well, also... Why not? It's easy to do, and they yeah. already know it, it, it works. It's sell. The, they expa- already, yeah, exactly the, the expanded sell. universe was really carried by the Dark Horse comics, but with the Disney buyout, that entire universe ended. That entire line of continuity ended, and they're no longer allowed to reprint that stuff. Yeah. So Marvel, with Marvel now owning the licensing to Star Wars comics, um, it's really interesting because we're getting new Star Wars comics, but it's back under Marvel, who was doing the original Star Wars comics in 77. It, it's weird. It's it's really interesting. But it, we'll jump into... Anyway, our, the book. Yeah, the book. I'll likes, start. dislikes. Yeah, likes, dislikes. Um, my favorite scene is very small... But it made me chuckle out loud, and I really enjoyed it. Was Lando? Well, I'm a Lando Calrissian fan. No, I love Lando. I love Lando. 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 Um, there's the moment in the blob. Oh yeah, the, the blobstacle course. Oh, oh my goodness, that was a great scene. <laughs> but afterward, when he's he's followed this kid, and the the kid is tampering with the blob yeah, to trying to you know <laughs> rig the race rig so the race more money the, the guy catches him and there's like this, this small narration where Lando was startled and then he realized he for the first time in his life he had nothing to hide it's like oh I'm not doing anything wrong oh yeah, yeah. I don't even have to lie yeah, I can tell the truth and this is okay Han Solo has a similar moment yeah. yes like, oh yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like you know, uh, you know the Han Solo. Like it, it feels weird being reputable or whatever. Yeah. You know? Um, like that that moment made me chuckle out loud. The uh, the Lando and the Blob Blobstacle. Yeah. I actually had that on there. I like the Blobstacle. <laughs> 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 uh, that was just fun to read. Was it Wayne? Uh, I I enjoyed. A number of scenes in there. Uh, one of the scenes, though, that I particularly liked is towards the end of the book when Lando and Luke have gone to Kessel and they're posing as investors. That's a good scene. Yeah. That that whole series of because there's several scenes as they switch back and forth. That 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 whole scam of theirs <laughs> is very nicely played. And then they go, well, we'd like to look at the planetary defenses. So it takes them up to the moon, and Lando sees the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'll get into the dislike portion. And. <laughs> Luke's like, well, it could be, it doesn't 
quite look like the Falcon. It looks too spiffy, and and the, the codes are off. And and Lando goes, "I know my ship." Yeah. See on that side there, this 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 that happened here, here, and here. That is the Falcon. And they get on board, and they're going to make their escape. But the hyperdrive is not hooked up because they were going to be using it for planetary defense when they spruced it all up, and they didn't need it to have hyperdrive. And so they're taking off, and and at that point, the guy that they've been posing as investors to realize that they're New Republic agents, and he'd better blast them out of the sky or he's going to be in deep kimchi. And so they're going... What do we do? And Luke's to pull out all the stops and all his whole fleet's after him. And Luke tells Lando, head for the Maw, which is this cluster of black holes. Because Luke says, I can chart us a safe course. And so they're heading there. And they don't know that there's four Imperial Star Destroyers (laughs) about to exit the Maw. You know? They, They don't know that that Han and Chewie and this young Force user, he, the young Force user, guided them into the Maw for safety because their ship didn't have hyperspace to able to get away, and they got caught by Moff Tarkin's crew that yeah. was guarding the science base inside Admiral, the Maw. Admiral and so you end up, you know, with the Falcon heading toward the Maw, and all of a sudden these four star cruisers emerging, and they're like, and then you have all these people behind him going, oh, way better shoot at them instead. I I love that that scene where uh, there's a moment in that scene too where they're like, we, it doesn't have any guns, we don't need guns, and he just rams with the the star yeah, or the, the sun crusher, the sun, sun crusher, crusher. yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, I love that scene. The, the sun cr- crusher scene was was uh, well done, uh, and how they. They, uh, the scientists, you know, helped them escape and yeah, con- con- you know, got the prisoners in in stormtrooper outfits with a a Wookiee to work on a special project, and all four of them got onto the Sun Crusher ship and stole it. Now this has been ready for three years. I've just been waiting for orders like that. <laughs> that yeah. was a great little scene, yeah. So. Because they didn't know that the, the Death Star had been destroyed. Mom Tarkin was killed. They didn't know that because this was supposed to be a secret installation. And you know what? There, there's a, a couple of years ago, somebody posted this theory about how on the Death Star, as you get closer to the center of the Death Star, the gravity would start getting really wonky because the Death Star would be creating its own gravity. And I thought to myself, this would be a perfect place to build the core of the Death Star in a cluster of black holes. Like, this is why they have this base here, is because they know gravity is wonky and it's probably engineered using that to their, their advantage. Probably help them balance it in, to yeah. focus it in, probably. Is the things that they built a planet, basically. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it, it was that scene where they're heading to escape in the Maw, and the Star Destroyers come out, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" And that, to me, was a great scene. Dave, your your favorite? Um, he said one of them. 
But um, I did like not like a scene in general because I actually like the whole book. But um, I just like how they brought back all the old characters. Like I mean, that Han, Chewie, Leia, Luke, Lando, Akbar, Wedge. Mon Matha. I mean, it, it felt like the droids. Wedge. Yeah, the what droids. I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, it just felt like that as a kid, he got called Wedgie a lot. Yeah, it just felt like this book was just a continuation of the movies, in my opinion. Akbar, like reading Akbar stuff, made me tear up a little bit because the actor who did his voice just passed away. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was like, it was like, oh yeah. Did anybody else hear C-3PO's voice in your head? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Some of the others, I not so much, but C-3PO, yes. I heard C-3PO so proper every time I read it. Like, I felt like Same a genuine. I felt like, you know, I wanted to speak in his voice every time, you know, when he came up. Well, um, let me see. I like the... Because I, I know more of, of the story, so I'm trying to focus it down to this book. But um, I'd, I'd have to... I just liked... Probably one of my favorite episodes. My favorite character in the book is is Admiral Dalla, in my opinion. And I just like the fact that um, I like the part of the story of how she was in charge of the installation and how she kept it up perfect to the T after all these years. And after I was thinking that, and they were stuck in the mall for so long. How how anxious they're going to be after the they're animation. anxious for fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they want to do something now, and I'm going, oh my god, that is going to be so dangerous because you got these people that have been in there for well, eight years without more, orders. More than that. I mean, it, 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 this book is seven years after Return of the Jedi, and she's been in there since Moff Tarkin got blown up in the first movie, which is I think four years before Return of the Jedi. So she's been in there for eleven years. The, and the thing is, there's a real world component because there's a famous story of the uh, the Japanese soldier who, after World War II, oh yeah, was stuck on the island. Was stuck on the island and thought the war was going for something like 20 yeah. years. Yeah, they they caught him or he died in like in the 70s or something. Well, they they they, he, he, they caught him, but yeah. you know everyone thought he was dead. He was just living on the island during the island hopping operations, and he still thought the war was going on. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's not out of the realm of possibility. He had no communication otherwise. No communication. It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that this entire base that was kept off the books for, you know, various reasons, A, wouldn't get communication, and B, would still think the war is on. Oh, yeah. That's basically, I mean, all she was waiting for was... Was uh, orders to from her commander, which was Moff Tarkin, but he got killed on the first Death Star, so yeah. it was so secret that there was only so many people that knew, and they were probably dead, so no one knew about it. And I just like how she kept up all of her duties during that time, and now that she knows the truth, she's going to just go out and wreak havoc. And with her knowledge and her being a woman admiral, which is totally unheard of in on the the emperor's uh, stormtroopers, I mean the whole empire. I mean, she, I mean she'd have to be above and beyond a, a normal male to even be considered a position. And that I mean, that, I mean it's just going to be incredible to to see what she could do because she's going to be causing a lot of damage. 
So, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite story. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the story, even though one of the the storm or star destroyers was destroyed with the sun crusher going right through the yeah. the command of the the communication tower and just <laughs> obliterating it. She still has three more. And then um, I know stuff about the about the other books. I won't discuss it, but she has more up her sleeve. I mean, at the, at the end of the movie, she's she's gone, so she's disappeared. She knows the area, and she's just going to cause some serious damage. Justin, you're. Um, well, I've only got about halfway through the book, unfortunately. Uh, look forward to finishing the rest of it. But uh, from what I have read, uh, the uh, the blob the blobstacle course is one of my favorites. But I also uh, enjoyed the uh, scenes with uh, Wedge. Uh, and the uh, construction droids, mm-hmm. the huge 40-story tall construction droids. And <coughs> yeah, do I shut this off? I don't know if I should. What's it, the it'll, take, it'll take three days to shut it off, it's to, to it start it back on. on and, is it worth and, it? And uh, uh, I, I, I thought the uh, his little dilemma there, do I shut it down and... Maybe it'll be something important, or do I just blow through it and then wish I hadn't? And, and uh, I, I thought it was—I thought it was a fun scene. Myself, so. Well, I think we all enjoyed the obstacle course. Oh, the uh, obstacle course was awesome. Um, there were a few other things that I liked. I liked that you know Leia was—you know she's missing Han and she can't sleep well without him. I, I know that as a wife, I agree with that. But um, she's talking about how you know he has she hasn't heard from him yet, but but she knows he loves her because because he bought he won a, a planet and gave it to her. Yeah. Like he won a planet in some you know game of chance and he gave it to her, um, you know like as an anniversary gift for all the su- survivors, you know, people who had all who come from you know her planet that had been destroyed. Alderaan. Alderaan yeah. and and you know so is a new home for them and things like that. And I just thought that was really sweet. Um, she gave away the plan, by the way. Well, I still thought that one was like, But anyway. <laughs> that was the courtship of Princess Leia. Uh, but um, <laughs> there's a scene that I'm, I totally had a Wizard of Oz moment. Um, it's when um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are, are they're looking up stuff, trying to find, um, you know, patterns and things and maybe find potential... Jedi's for for yeah, for, uh, for Luke and Luke's come to say goodbye and like let's look let's look up where he's going he's going where and earthquakes geysers volcanoes and lava oh my and I'm like lions and tigers and bears oh my <laughs> I just had a moment my brain did that you know and it just made me laugh um, but uh, but then my my brain had to switch it to oh my because it's you know. Very proper. Oh my! Did you see it in his voice? Yes, yes. Did you hear everything in his voice? And were you bleeping like R two? No, but um, um, let's see what else. There was one. Yeah, the actor who played R two just recently died as well. Yeah. I did like, you know, that it's the, the characters that you know and you love and, and being able to see them and what they're doing now. I agree with you on that. Um, Justin was saying, he read a little ahead of me and I was trying to catch up and then I passed, you know, we read together. But um, describing um, Chewbacca 
when he they've they've been captured and he's having to they're trying to find a suit for him a thermal suit that'll fit him and they finally found one it was made with for some creature with three arms <laughs> <laughs> describing how ridiculous he looked that was that was pretty so something Justin had mentioned and then I got to that part and I'm like yeah you're right honey that's funny um that was something else I don't remember what it was oh well but um I R two D two has always been one of my favorite characters C three P O is always funny um. And so, so I love that. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember one of the things. I thought it was hilarious when um, um, Lando has gone with, uh, you know, he has, he has the droids with him and he's investigating that one guy. And, and <laughs> C-3PO says, should I power down now? And <laughs> Lando's like, yes! I'm like, oh my goodness, thank goodness, I don't have to put up with C-3PO talking all the time. You know, I was like, yes! We've all felt that. <laughs> There's always a time. And then in C-3PO fashion, when they're trying to sneak up on the guy, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who gives everything away? Oh, he's just inserted something into that. And you're just like, oh, I shut up! And that was a new funny thing that that guy who got himself into his own predicament, by the way, but he's hiding from his his wife because she's too clingy. It's (laughs) not his wife. It was his wife. No, it was his wife. They are married. They are married. Wife mate or something. She's considered his consort because he's not royal. He's considered her consort, but they are married. Yeah, okay. They were married. They had been married. They'd been married for like a year. And they made for life to win. And yeah, and he's like, they've been married for life, so she won't marry someone else until I'm dead. And like, well, we can arrange that. And they give him the choice, and he's like, can at least have some time to rest? I'm going to need it. Like, oh my gosh! Like, it was that was a funny scene. I just found that whole scene just really funny. And then Um, you got the million dollar credit reward. You got half of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's good. In the end, you got the whole thing. Oh, did he? Oh, I I didn't get to the end either, so I'm sorry. It was, I had a hard time getting into it initially, so, um, um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, besides the blob races, you know. Um, The two things I really like, and they're not really seen specific, well, not really seen specific, they're more just about the book. Like, one thing I enjoyed was the going back and forth between like all the action stuff that's happening and then you kind of get the home life as well with Leia like trying to figure out how to take go you know all her duties that she's got and not go crazy while and, taking care of two years. yeah while <laughs> just getting her children back toddlers. just getting her kids back after two years of their isolation and trying to become a full time mother <laughs> like just trying to get she hasn't even gotten all of her you know political stuff down yet well, and, an ambassador, yeah. yeah she's just not completely there yet even in that one area you know but she's gotta you know figure everything out very quickly so I kind of like that balance and the second thing was just like you know you guys kind of mentioned it, it was just the characters I mean I love Han and Chewie like they are just I loved all their scenes I thought the that the author wrote especially their scenes well I felt because you know that was just really fun to read like I just enjoyed every every time you know Han and Chewie would go back and forth and you know the whole uh, one one thing I did really like was when they were in the stormtrooper outfits 
and they talked about like the funk smell, you know, yeah. from the previous the owner. Yeah, shower for a while. Yeah, I just you can smell it. Like, oh goodness! Right. And then when they finally all get you know into the ship, they're gonna take off, and even Kip would, like takes us off. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. This I thought there was a nice kind of like a callback to New York. <coughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and so you know, I just I liked. For me, it was more or less just a lot of the dialogue was really funny. You know, like I liked. Um, when uh, Leia brought the twins to that dinner, that fancy dinner, and C-3PO was just um, trying to chase the kids, and yeah, at the end... Yeah, totally reminded me, like, you could totally see this Yeah, and then at the end of the scene, all you, do, all you hear, it's just Leia, help, but he's, like, captured by the plant, and yeah. he just looks over, like, like what, what's going on here? You know, because he's just trying to get the kids out safely. You don't see how he does it, but somehow the kids are safe, and he's just like, no, no, you know, get he's always me. getting in trouble. So yeah, C three PO was also really fun. So yeah, for me it was mostly just you know, mostly just the way it was written. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> you know, like I said, I think he captured the spirit of a lot of the characters. You know, so um. Qualms, negativity, little nitpicks. I kind of got two little things that, you know, okay. tweaks me. I don't believe for one second Leia's going to let her kids. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Oh not my gosh. Around like not one around, leave them for two years for on two a. Two years where on, she only gets to visit them every now and again? On a protected planet? I don't believe that on any circumstance. Not the Leia I recall from the movie. No. This is a Leia who, in, who risked her own life was caught, put in a slave outfit, and then still choked the life out of Jabba the Hutt with that chain. Like, mm-hmm. this is a woman with indomitable will, as long as cocaine's not around. Yeah. Um, that, um... <laughs> I, to I, be I fair, that's a Kay Fisher thing. Yeah. I wondered about that as well. I, I don't believe for one moment that character would let her kids... No. She would tell Luke to go screw himself. Yeah, um, I would be like, no, we'll really find a safe place here. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know? but she was. I can understand being a busy and a busy ambassador and having a nanny to help when she has to go to meetings. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, a but trained like you yes. know, like a guy but who knows on a stuff. freaking other planet. I think not. No, I don't believe that for a moment. My other little, this is a minute nitpicky of a thing, is the planet they're going to, uh, uh, Han and Chewie Kessel. Just call it something else. Don't invoke the Kessel Run. I think it's better as this mysterious event. And That's what I was going to talk about. I actually really liked that. That well, I don't know. I always thought the Kessel Run was a race. That's and, what it and was the, in the new comics. I yeah. always thought it was a race, and then That's suddenly right it's a run, a smuggling run, yeah. or a and. But I thought it was interesting because it, it gave a new. To me, a new view of it. Well, as opposed to just a race. Here's the thing with, with the, the the Kessel Run as it's described in the new Marvel comics uh-huh. is because he always says 17 parsecs. We did we did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. A parsec is a measure of distance, yeah. not time. So to actually do something in under a certain amount of distance means he would have had to have gone X amount of miles past the speed of light mm-hmm. in order to shrink the distance. Like you're getting into some Albert Einstein. He got so close to the Maw too. Yeah, quantum mechanics. That people were avoiding to, with all costs to actually shrink in the distance, not necessarily the time. So again, I think it works better as a race 
not a planet, not a smuggling. Because if it's a smuggling thing, not everyone's going to know. know It's not a thing that he can brag about openly in the public. And so, like, just don't invoke that. Like, it's the same thing when, when uh, in a New Hope, Luke Skywalker says to. C-3P and R2-D2. Oh my god, you guys were in the Clone Wars? Yeah, it was a miserable time. Um, that's all we get about the Clone Wars until, you know, 2002, or, you know, when we get the, the prequel movies. I was so excited for that movie, too, because that one line in, in A New Hope, I was like, we're getting the Clone Wars! But no, we built up to the Clone Wars. We built up to the Clone Wars. We never really got the Clone Wars. But my point is... You got some horrible cartoon. One of the cartoons was good. Um, Don't invoke something that fans might hold more pressure. Like, it it works better as this... Like, don't define it. Don't don't define it. it. Let the fans argue over what it is. Don't define it. With that said, I enjoyed everything on Kessel. I just... Every time they said Kessel, I... I Winston... Give me something up. Give me something up. I get it. Okay. Because he, he talked about the Kessel Run. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically why, I mean, okay, what's a Kessel Run? It would have to be a destination. You know, or so a just, race, like, just, you know, the Indy 500. Why would, why would they, if, why would they even have to do a run and call it the Kessel Run? They'd have to have some kind of destination to brag about. And with it being a, next to a black hole and him doing the Kessel Run at whatever his record is, there were, I mean, with him being a smuggler and everything, there'd have to be a destination and something to brag about that. So there would have to be point B where he would get his stolen goods from, and that's where they're just right, but describing it. I, as somebody, as a, I never thought the Kessel Run was linked to him as a smuggler. I always thought this was the Indy 500 and the Millennium Falcon had did the impossible in this race. And right now in the Marvel Comics, Han Solo is in a race very similar to that, like, you know, with the Millennium Falcon. Well, I, I remember um, in the original Star Wars movie, that's how Han Solo and Chewbacca, or actually not Chewbacca, well, Chewbacca they, was just yeah. sitting there. They tell that, it. Yeah. That's how they we did, Yeah, we did the Kessel Run in under 12 parses. Yeah. And Luke's like, what the hell is that? Like, like because yeah. he's not familiar with, well, with smugglers. Yeah. He's a farm boy. Yeah. But with 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 the smuggling community, probably Han Solo is is the Mario Andretti or whoever the whoever the, yeah. the great racer is of now. He's he's the Peyton Manning of football or yeah. something. Because because it was stated that when he set the record on the Kessel Run. That was when he dumped the goods that yeah. got Chaba on his back. Yeah, mm-hmm. which you know we don't need to link the Kessel Run to that event. Is my but that I was linked in the movies. No, or, it wasn't. Or, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because well, the the Jabba thing with Greedo was never explicitly linked to the um, Kessel Run because he's talking to Luke and Obi Wan about the Kessel Run. Greedo comes in and he goes, "Hey, I didn't mean to, you know. Yeah, I got busted. I had to drop the goods." Yeah, but they didn't refer that to the Kessel. It's run in the same yet. scene, but they're not linked. Yeah, I think they they, they probably bring, they bring it out and brought it together in, in the book yeah. and in the films. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just storyline that they're pushing together, but they're just trying to make story to make the movie go along. Yeah. And I think in the book here, they're just bringing it all together like that puzzle piece that you needed, and just like put it in a no. place, and it's like, ooh, I remember that. 
Yeah, see, I, I, I just didn't I, didn't... I didn't have a problem with the Kessel thing. I thought it fit in. Why, I, why, is, why is Kessel a prison plan? Like, you know... Because it's a spice, and, and the right. spice is supposedly illegal. Well, it, it, every time they said spice, did you guys think about Dune? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I did, too. Yeah. yeah. Even, I mean, no. even when I saw Dune as a little kid, the movie, I'm going, okay, spice and Kessel, and then... Later on, it didn't click in until until the movies because Kessel Run he was smuggling goods, but they never told you what. I'm gonna he have was, to go back and rewatch number because I, I watched a couple of months ago, but I don't. I, I watched the original, yeah, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the one where I, I have it on Rito v- shot first. Yeah, I have it on VHS. <laughs> Did anybody see that picture a while back? It was Harrison Ford. Uh, like on set, and he had a sign that said, "I shot first. <laughs> it was a yeah. T-shirt. It was a T-shirt. Oh, it was a T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, that was a sign. Anyway, yeah. I, I just thought that was really funny. The whole "I shot first. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Wayne, nitpicky, any complaints? I can't necessarily put my finger on the why of it, but the book was a slow starter for me. Me too. I had trouble. It wasn't until around chapter six or seven, somewhere in there, that the story came together and began to flow. I think part of it was you're starting with Han and Chewie going on their mission to Kessel. And then you're looking at Leia anticipating the soon return of of her kids, being old enough to control their Jedi powers and all of that. Um, And dealing with politics. And and dealing with the political situations and stuff. And you're bouncing back and forth between that and you're looking at Wedge and his tearing down buildings that are going to be collapsing and constructing new structures out of the materials that they're tearing down and then you have you know uh, Luke taking off on his quest and so you end up bouncing around between you know five or six different groups of people Right, all right to start off with. To start off with, and it it took me several chapters to finally get a bead on all of these divergent storylines and integrate them together in my brain and say, okay, now I've got the big picture and I can go with the flow and I can switch between the two, you know, because it just. It didn't flow for me. Right, and none of the movies started that way. The movies always started focusing on one storyline for a while, and then yeah. diverging, and then in. diverging. So and this one is just all over the place right from the get go. Yeah, so it was. Difficult. I had a hard time too, and I'd have to say that that, that that I I just kept having to press on because I'm like I have to have this read. I, I still didn't get it. Read. I started. I started this yesterday, guys, okay? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, no, I'd read, like, the first six pages on Thursday. Mm. I'm a fast reader, so I was like, oh, no worries. I'm reading Thursday night, Friday, I'll have it done Saturday morning, no big deal. And I read six pages on Thursday, and I'm like, uh, uh no. See, with the audio book, 
It's, it would be different. But they have the John Williams score just start right off. So I was like, that I'm makes in. it exciting. I I am in. But I didn't have the audiobook, <laughs> so I started out. Yeah, so I get it. It took me a while too. I think um, when Luke showed up, I started to get a little more interested when he went to the other planet. And then Lando with the blob scene. By then, I was like, this yeah. is amazing. I love this book. But, yeah. I'm not sure if if I got that feeling on the first time. Right, this is your second time reading it. Yeah, because I read the book, man, probably in the late 90s. I mean, I've held on right. to this book for 15 years. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I actually felt that way the very first time I read it. Because yeah. I didn't. It's, I think it's probably maybe I, I, I understand where you're coming from because mm-hmm. I think they're probably they're doing that to reintroduce all the characters right. to everyone so that way everyone will go okay I remember that I remember that and and then to reintroduce the characters into mm-hmm. the books again so mm-hmm. that way you guys could go with it okay I, I know her that, right that, right that, right and then go into the funnel it's kind of yeah. like a funnel it is. It was just a little slow, so I agree with you, um, Dad. Slow Wayne. moving whirlpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, did you have anything else before Dave does this? No. All right. Um, since I've read the book before, I mean, I didn't really have any problems with it except for one thing. But that's because I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm a Star Wars geek, but I'm just a little, I nitpick over little things mm-hmm. on there. And when the Falcon crashed, on Kessel, Han is the only one who could run that ship. And oh, you don't like when they they pull it out of the wreckage and and, and refit the ship. I mean, there is no way anyone but Han and Chewie could rebuild that ship to make it work properly. And they, and they refitted the thing. I disagree with your analysis. No, I because I Lando and Akbar flew it in Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, but they weren't there. To take it out of the wreckage when yeah, it's yeah. crashed. Yeah, I, just, I mean, Lando is somewhat familiar with it, but most of the time, if you read previous books, he has astromech droids, R2-D2s, all hot-wired together. <laughs> <laughs> and the computer system says the ship won't run. The ship is insane. <laughs> The ship, I mean, they say the ship's not going to run, but it runs, and only Han and Chewie know how to put it together. It's so hot-wired into this system, into that system, through astromech droids and everything, that I just don't see some smugglers from a prison planet, from a correctional facility on a prison planet, being able to refit that ship. In my opinion, they would have junked the thing. They go, whoever did this, they, they effed this thing up. This this ship is just junk. Let's just take what we can off of it and put on other ships. And, and I just don't think they would have refit that ship. The garbage will do. The garbage <laughs> probably probably would have because everyone in the movies throughout all the years always say that the Millennium Falcon is a POS. Yeah, <laughs> they always yeah. do. What about that one? That one's garbage. This is, I mean, even 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 in Episode Seven. Yeah, that that's it. It's a pile of shit. Like, well, what about that one? That one's garbage, and the bad one gets blown up. The garbage. I just don't see a correctional facility people being able to refit yeah. the ship. I can see that. I can see that. I can, I can see that. Of course, they've been refitting a lot of ships, so maybe I don't know. There's an argument either way, but I can yeah. see that. And you that, have a valid, I mean, a valid. And um, I understand it was it was Jedi search. I mean, the whole base of the story was supposed to be looking for Jedi, but I just thought that 
when they pulled out instruments that would have found Jedi aura yeah. versus somebody, I went, I go, they could have, I mean, I understand they're trying to push the story, but that was kind of like, uh, okay, That's I'll like go the Metachlorians in yeah. episode yeah, the one. Yeah, the Metachlorian, the little bugs. What the heck is the They're getting a little close to Metachlorians and we're getting... <laughs> You know, again, he has a high games. count off the scale. It's like uh, we never heard of those before. Why are you suddenly uh, making these things up? I went along with it, but I didn't. I couldn't. The metaphorians broke. Well, those were horrible. But then the, the 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 little machine that detected the aura. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll go along with it. It's supposed to be science fictiony here, and okay, yeah. I'll go along with I, it. I'm much more bought the the accidental discovery of the the node. Yeah, thing. I like that. that. I liked because he's yeah. doing crap. He's doing his little Jedi yeah. mind reading thing and trying to yeah. read thoughts and a bam. Yeah. Again, he hit something. I can okay. understand that. That, that I liked, yeah. That was probably because I'm pretty sure even when um, Jedi masters are teaching their student, this is probably still a learning experience for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure till the day they die, they're going to be learning and teaching stuff. Yoda. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he learned something until the day he died. Yeah. I don't think he should have been there as a ghost. I don't well, think they ever should have killed Yoda. Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really care. I mean, the episodes one through three were definitely Lucas trying to make money, but I what don't go there. Okay, we'll we'll get back. We'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't believe Lucas deserves the credit that he gets, but okay. Um, um, for me, I agree with Wayne. The first five chapters, I just had trouble. Slow burn. It was a slow burn. And uh, but the th- the thing that got me the most was the phonetic spelling for the robots. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh and yeah. Three R, The letter R, number two, two. and letters D. the number three, and then D. It's R two D two, not three P O. You don't spelling it out. You don't spell it out. Phonetically. That threw me off too because I start reading it, I read R two. I'm like. Damn, she spelled it out. A R T O O. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, but if you look at the screen credits, it's like that too in the movies. Is it? Yes, I did not know that. I thought, but, I thought there were reasons. But on the droid, there's numbers. numbers. Yes. Yeah. 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 So what is, what is this material? What is this model number? R two D two. Yeah. So I just I, I agree with that. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, when they spelled it out, yeah, that was kind of like. Yeah. I'm thinking that was probably like a copyright infringement or something. For some reason. But uh, I just went along with Well, he spelled the other way in the comics, so I don't know. What they spell like R two D two R two D two instead of spelling it out. Yes, this one. This is even the Marvel comics line. My first experience to Star Wars was a comic called Droids, where it was C three PO and R two D two on their own little adventures without anyone else, and it is the most annoying comic ever. But that, as a kid, like you didn't know better, you know. Right? Like I was reading droids. I'd probably read it too. <laughs> yeah, oh man, this is horrible. I could think of okay, so I have a few things. Brandon already mentioned the whole Leia having her kid. Yeah, no, no, no that I agree with you on that. Um, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. I mean, I'm right there with the, with the kid thing. I'm like, no. I'm thinking that if there's no way Leia does that. Because even if it's logical, even if it's like the logical thing to do, she's not going to go for it. She's not a logical. She's a very passionate character. Mm-hmm. And unlike yeah. all the other Skywalkers, she's not a whiny baby. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. 
you know. Yeah, she's the she, one. She she's the come. one who grabs the blaster off out of Luke's hands and starts firing first. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, like so she's, she's not going to let her kids be that far away from her. That's no. just not happening. I'm sorry. When you mentioned that, I thought of uh, Spaceballs. That was my hair. And she starts like firing, <laughs> like all it's crazy. Awesome. Oh, I love um, okay, so there's a couple things in the writing that I did not like. One of them, I agree with Justin on the 3PO and R2D2 thing. That being spelled out yeah, instead of the series. That's for sure. There was, okay, so there's a couple times when they're in the mine, the spice mine. Especially spice. Like, like the first, like the first few times, like they're trying to, and, and he says, he showed him how to do it. They're in pitch blackness. <laughs> How did he show that? That, that it, was a little weird. It, it needed to be worded differently. He yeah. demonstrated he, how he, to do he it. He demonstrated by feel. That would have been fine. But he showed him how to uh, do it when they can't me. see anything. He told yeah. him, that's fine. And then when Chewie is flailing and Han had to duck a couple times to avoid getting hit, duck what? You can't see anything. He doesn't have the force. He had yeah. got a bloody nose. Because there was a couple things in there yeah. that just yeah. irritated me as I was reading. I'm like... Reword, reword. There does not work. Confuse me. Like, does not work. If they're in pitch blackness, this does not work. So just a few things like you know, that. Uh, I'm glad I, you mentioned I, it because that confused me too. I, like, I could, I could explain on that part because I remember a couple times because I'm a lot taller than you. Mm-hmm. And when I went on Space Mountain at Disneyland, mm-hmm. there are a couple times where I could feel the bars above my head because when you right. when you see space well, mountain with the lights yeah. on oh i know it's the whole tight. thing is it, extremely like tight yet. and only thing i could think of the reason why he might have done that because he probably felt something real close to his head and felt the breeze and then i could, said, I could get but that but the way it was written it, it sounded like he saw it it wasn't described yeah, properly yeah. that that's the only thing it just wasn't yeah. described right so you start seeing things in your head when you're supposed to be feeling them as if you can't see like with your eyes closed um, another thing, it's so funny because Maylene talked about how she loved how he wrote the scenes with Han and Chewie. And the opening scene is with Han and Chewie. And I absolutely did not like how he wrote Chewbacca speaking. Because he kept saying, because Chewbacca speaks. He speaks Wookiee, but he yeah. speaks the language. He kept saying he barked, he growled, he moaned. I'm like, for reals? Chewbacca said or implied or yeah that but the he made it sound he, like he was he a dog or some yeah you know, I would have I would have yeah you're cool I would have even <laughs> appreciated I would even even if he had tried to like you know put some letters like you know some G's and R's or something to try to make it on paper how Chewie sounds give, uh, give Chewie his own his own speech I would have liked they, that better than they, him saying he growled he moaned he barked he cried something yes they could yeah, have done a Neil font Neil Gaiman does that all the time right it would it would have been okay and I didn't and mind a font in the language of yes assuming that you would know if, how to be, understand Wookiee I, yeah. I, yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah. that would have been fantastic yeah but the way that he it made, it made him sound like less of Human, or less of a, less less of a, a sentient human, less being. of a sentient yeah. being, exactly. Yeah. Whereas Chewie is sentient. Oh, yeah. You understand that thing? That thing understands you. You know, like <laughs> you know, there's some lines you can quote there. Chewie is highly intelligent. Oh, yeah. He is. He just speaks. He's Wookie. a Wookie 
who is a second in command on a smuggling ship. It can't be dumb. You yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, so genius. That bothered me. together. Right? But that bothered me the way he wrote that. <laughs> um, just, just because it just, I, I just felt like he was discounting Chewie a bit. Mm. And, and so I didn't like the way he wrote it, and I had to move past that. And that's part of the reason it took me a while to get through the first scene. Okay. Because I was irritated with how he was writing Chewie. That's fair. There's <laughs> um, a, uh, because I, I'm, not, I'm okay with the fact that we're not told word for word what Chewie says because we never understand Chewie. Chewie does not have subtitles in the movie. Not Chewie doesn't. just makes his Wookiee noise and and, and just like you never understand what, yeah, what do you mean react <laughs> so you can figure out what he said. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just like you never understand R2-D2. R2-D2 just beeps. But he wrote it okay. He said beeps and chirps and things like that which that was fine. That's the kind of sound R2-D2 makes. Um, but Chewie doesn't bark. I'm sorry. He's not a dog. He doesn't bark. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so I didn't mind that. You know, where people react, and and you, you realize some characters speak the droid language, and some characters don't. So, like, you know, some characters have to be told. Well, what did he just say? Yeah, like Luke, you know, he understands R two. Right, mm-hmm. but but C three PO has to, you know, often has to interpret yeah. for R two D two. But n- only a few people understand it. That's fine. Like I, you know. I don't want us to be told what they're saying because we're never told in movies. So I, I like that, but I would have appreciated, like you said, out the font or something to represent Chewie speaking and then just have Han reacting to it um, like we get in the movie rather than him trying to do that. And then... Um, you just basically described Chewie speaking in a non-Wookiee way, I guess. Yeah, he yeah. didn't make him sound like a Wookiee. I'm like, yeah. it's, it's like it's like if you know, the dog did, suddenly he, is trying to talk to you. you know? He described he, it the way he read it, worded it. Well, yeah, it was it was ineffective and, and the, poorly written. The audio book that way just substitutes the actual Wookiee sound effects from the movie. See, that's fantastic. I would yeah. have loved that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved that. The audio book. I should have listened to the audio book. The audio book was one of the most <laughs> the best experiences I think ever. That's awesome. I should have listened to the Because they have like the like doors opening sound effects. Yeah, right. That's fantastic. They had all the foley from the film. Oh so my gosh, just, I love it. It was almost like a radio drama. That's version. what I was, oh, I was, that's I was, fantastic. That's what I was wondering, not to get off subject, okay. but with with the radio version, did they have like different people speak like a female voice for Leia or it was a robot s- voice for C three? It was the same actor. Yeah, but he would do like a you know a girl's voice or a well, try to sound yeah, like yeah, yeah. Voice. it was just one okay. guy. Yeah. But it, yeah, at least he was good. Although I heard you were playing it slightly, he said Han instead of Han, which yeah. kind of I never caught that in the first. I was like, what? It's yeah. Han. Every yeah, does this Lando, guy Lando, never just oh, Lando calls him Han. Yeah. And I used to think the other day I was at school. I'm sorry, off topic. And someone kept saying almond milk. Almond, like almond. Al, I don't know. Almond. But instead of almond, almond milk, it was I almond. I haven't heard almond. I've heard almond. My <laughs> uncle always said, you guys like some almonds? No. Almonds. Oh, yeah. it was like owl, like wow. the name owl. All right, yeah. let's get back. Sorry. All right, get back. That. Okay, um, <laughs> the other thing Justin and I discussed was, okay, it was, I have to say that the whole walking on the lava thing was cool, but, but, like, there's this amazing... Okay, first of all, I've watched too much... or played too much... Um, Zelda. Zelda, because I really expected this awesome, powerful lava dragon to be sentient, okay? Instead of just a monster. I really wanted it to be, like, the the one testing him, you know? Like, I wanted that. And instead, it's just a monster that attacks, and I was a little disappointed, because it would have been awesome. And I felt like we shouldn't have to kill such an amazing creature. That was... Okay? Yeah. And the fact that he... This creature lives in lava. It's... It, losing he, one he loses scale one scale, and suddenly he dies. 
Well, it's not armored anymore. I know, but it seemed a little too... An- it was anticlimactic. That's the word Justin used earlier. It was. Yeah. It was It was anticlimactic. I would have rather, you know, had a minor eruption or something that, that washed out the blocks and he had to walk across the lava. That would have been better. Than it, it felt like, like a felt like boss fight from a video game like Zelda. Yeah. In and a really lame one. didn't need one. It didn't need to be there. Or maybe, so, or maybe it was a ripoff from... The I don't know. I just felt I just felt a little disappointed one scale in that scene. I just there was a few <laughs> things about the scene. I just a little disappointed in it because it could have been super cool, or don't have the awesome monster and just do something else more of a natural yeah. obstacle thing. Because he ended up walking across the lava. That was awesome. He passed the test. Why did we have to have the lava dragon? And if you're gonna bring in a really really neat thing like that, like. You have to kill a lava dragon who's ever seen a lava dragon before. Like, really? Mm. It doesn't have to be evil. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the dragons are cool in, in Zelda. Okay. But that's just me and my, you know, mm. I love Zelda. Don't mind me. But um, just a few things like that that just kind of, you know, I felt like. And I didn't actually get to it, but I was told about the whole spice being the webs from the spiders, and I think that's super cool. Yeah. On, on a different monster note. I like that. I haven't got to that point yet to read it, but I was given a summary of what I hadn't read yet on the way here, and the fact but that the spiders... You know, I, spy- I'm, that's I'm cool. sitting there because I have been a Dune fan since... Sometime since in the Dune, 80s. Yeah. I, I have, I have read... Dune. I've read Dune five times isn't in the my The spice lifetime. there from the worms poop? The worms, yeah. Yeah, the spice is from the worms there. Here, the spice is from the spiders. Yeah. Uh, Both on desert planets. Oh. You know. Yeah, but you were describing, and I haven't read it, maybe I just missed it in the description. You're 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 like, they're kind of crystalline. Yeah, like yes. the, the, yeah. the web that Strand. comes out of the spider is crystal. When they talk about touching it, uh-huh. they talk about it feels like uh, insulation from like a... Right, but then the spider itself, I mean, they, they the call the spider out of lack of another word, but yeah. is almost sort of it's a... It's like a crystal, crystal shard right. like, making it up. Like I, When you were telling me it, I pictured this awesome creature in my head, and I'm like, I like that idea. But yes, the whole spice, they could have called it something other than spice. I think and then there wouldn't have been in a the movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 The spice mines a yeah. castle and it's a yeah. spice run and they're smuggling spice. Yeah, so I guess they had to keep it. But yes, you're right. The whole Dune spice so, thing. So, yeah. Too, but, yeah. So, but, anyway. Yeah. It, so I'm gonna, okay, okay. <laughs> So, my main thing was the fact that it seemed like there were too many characters in the book. Not in a bad... I mean, I get it. It's a Star Wars thing. It's an epic thing. I just felt like some of the characters didn't get enough attention like they should have gotten. Like the Gantorists and the other Jedi. Like, I didn't... I felt like I didn't get to know as much about them as I would have liked to have known about them as to why they made... I kind of get why they made good candidates. I get it. But, I mean... At the same time, I felt like I wanted to know more about them, and you know, other than the fact that they're candidates for Jedi training, like, okay, so they're supposed to be yeah. great. Okay, well, what else about them? Right. You know, really, yeah. I mean, background story. I yeah, I know a little bit about both characters, just what they gave us in there, 
but and you want a little bit more instead of a little bit a more one chapter yeah like the one guy I forget what's the other one not Gantor the other guy yeah yeah something like that and he like okay he told me basically what he does but that's all I know about him like well that and he's anxious in large crowds yeah. And, you know, the only reason why he agrees to Jedi training is because he wants to shut everyone out. Yeah. Okay. Can you teach me to turn this off? Yeah. Right? So it's like... It's basically just sensory power. That's all I really know about him. Okay. Am I going to learn more in the future? I mean, I'm assuming I'm going to learn more about them in the future. I was going to say, Dave, you've there's, read the rest of the trilogy. There's book two and there's book three. <laughs> Is there more about them in it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of it where there's a lot of um, Jedi training on the planet that they go okay. to. Okay. Which, again, I get it. This is Jedi search. Right yeah. now, they're not training. Right now, you know, just you're just looking for the ones who could possibly Jedi become Jedis. I get that. But I just felt like as an introduction, I could have used maybe just a little bit, maybe, maybe one more chapter, you know, just on them. Not so much... And like that was the only my real only major point was the fact that I felt like okay we got all this time with all these other characters you know but I'm not sure how I feel about these characters yet you know so do I am I do I care if they become Jedi you know am I invested in their training you know like I don't know I just feel like that uh, that's really my my only real complaint. Like I understand the other complaints too. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. You know, like I didn't, you know, really think about the Leia and not letting her kids go. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. She wouldn't let them go. You know, but it's like, so I understand all the other complaints too. I just thought that was mine. So I didn't, I didn't really have. I didn't really. Have, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I didn't really have a problem with their generic descriptions. Yeah. I guess that was bit, it was a little bit more generic. It was basically mm-hmm. a a quick uh, overview. Well, the, well, the book's called Jedi Search. Yeah, we didn't spend enough time searching for Jedi. Yeah, it was yeah. more about what happened to Han, and mm-hmm. so that's a great, it's a great plot. story. Like, don't yeah. Yeah. Don't, I, I'm not complaining yeah. about that. That was an awesome story. Line. But you but know, they, I, they, I think they were focusing on the characters that we already knew from the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And because we already know those characters, yeah. we get sucked in. I, I just feel like if that's where they're going to focus it, don't call it Jedi Search. Because that says to me like it's going to be mostly about stuff. mostly yeah. about Luke looking for the Jedis. And but I'm like, okay, you know, well, other people too, not just that, yeah, right. but, you know. And, okay, we're going to have one, we're going to have one story where, oh, he wasn't a Jedi, he was just cheating. Yeah. Okay, that was good, because it's part of the Jedi search, that I get. And, and I get, okay, Han found a Jedi accidentally. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And Wedge found the Jedi equipment. Yeah. Right. So I get that, but at the same time, no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It just said, I felt like the Jedi search was more the B-plot. So it shouldn't have been the title. So, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so and more with Han and everything else. Was it should have been like thought. you know, the Kessel Run. You know, yeah, Kessel like, Run. Run. Yeah. Then he wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not really yeah. dissing the story no, anyway. No, no, it would have been Kessel. Yeah, Return to Kessel. That would have been a great yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Something along that line. A lot of it did revolve around Kessel. Yeah, Return to Kessel. Into the mall. Into the mall. There you go. Maybe that's maybe that's. Why it's the only <laughs> real problem for me? Maybe you know, like maybe if they name it something else, I wouldn't have seen it as a problem. Like, okay, cool, you know, there's Luke doing this, you know, whatever. But I don't on know. the whole, though, it was good. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was lots of fun. Um, now we've been saying we're going to talk about. Let's get into some continuity, okay. deep continuity. nerdy stuff. 
I love Star Wars. Somehow I managed to go to the age of 13 without having the plot twist of Empire Strikes Back spoiled for me. <gasps> really? That's so fantastic. when I saw Empire, I was shocked. Like, it was legitimately like, what just happened? There was a plot twist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader's his father? What? Yeah, like that like that moment was... Have you seen the Empire Strikes Back? No, I've yeah, seen he, all of them. He was trying to think of what the plot twist was. Yeah. <laughs> like that... that Shot that Obi Wan Kenobi lied, like you know, right? like all the implications of, of of that moment is yeah. just is it's incredible. What I love is the fact that none of the actors knew that plot twist either, and like James Earl Jones was like the only one who knew. James Earl Jones and uh, Mark Hamill. Knew. Oh yeah, because Mark Hamill was told like you have to play it. You know, this is why you're you. You know, and everyone thought he was overacting when yeah. you know he's still in it. Yeah, I saw the idea of the other actors going. I was going to kill myself. <laughs> I saw the idea of the other actors in their seats going. What? He's not. Yeah, so Mark Hamill, James Earl Jones knew, and a handful of you know the behind the scenes people. Knew. Yeah. Um. You know, so that's. But. Vader is father in German. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. name is literally Darth Father. <laughs> Darth Father. Yeah. Darth Father. Darth Father. No. George Lucas, I think, did some incredible stuff. I think he's a great guy behind the scenes, but I don't like the fact that, like, okay, you want to re-edit A New Hope? Have at it. But you shouldn't have the right to re-edit a film you didn't direct. You didn't direct Empire Strikes Back. You didn't direct The Return of the Jedi. Like some of those, like I, I get, I bristle. Like Lucas, I, I don't think he understood what he created. You know, I don't understand. I don't think. You know, the, the reason why he went in and and made Rito shoot first was because he wanted Han to be a good guy. No, and what is a bad guy. And what makes that movie... Han's a scoundrel. He's a, yeah. a scruffy nerf herder. You know? <laughs> he is. Um, so like, it, it's interesting to sit back and talk about continuity, especially Star Wars, because it's changed so many times. Oh, you, yeah. You, you know, the, 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 the Christmas special has its own continuity. <laughs> That you know, and when uh, Mark Hamill went on the Muppet Show, <laughs> that's not canon, is it? Because he did Pigs in Space, and that that just makes my heart like, yeah, this yeah, Piggy, Pigs in Space. <laughs> um, but no, like, like it's it, trapped. Come on, we talk about Family Guy here. No. Yeah, you're <laughs> um, it's I love Star Wars, but at the same time, I've avoided the expanded universe because. I never felt like it actually counted. So has your opinion changed on that? I think these are fun stories. Like we've read, like it's with the reprinting, they're called the Legends line. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun stories. I think they're incredible stories. But I don't, my opinion hasn't changed. Like I think it's ju- the movies are canon and everything else is just fun. All right. Just yeah. wondered. Yeah. How does everyone else feel about that? Because... This is the first book I've ever read. I've only ever watched the movies. I um, didn't even realize that there were books for Star Wars until I was in high school in, in the early 90s. And one of my classmates was reading 
she had uh, the nine book set, which covered episodes one through, basically one through nine. And I always thought the movies were based on those books. And I don't, I don't know who wrote them. I, I thought maybe George Lucas or somebody involved with the movies had written the. the I think the original three were written under Lucas, but it was somebody else as a pen name. Right. Because I know those writers have come out and said, yeah. no, I wrote that. Yeah. So, uh, but I didn't even know there were Star Wars books until then. Listen, this is the first one I've ever read, to be honest. But I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I still would love to see that the obstacle course on the big screen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. You can see where elements might have, like, because the way they describe the armor of the star uh, killer, or the sun star crusher, sun star crusher. Sun crusher. Um, that looks very much like the armor of the the new Imperial stormtrooper from the new movie, mm. like that metallic metal. Mm. You know. Well, I mm. like I like Captain episode Fesman. Captain Phasma. Yeah, yeah, I liked episodes four, five, and six. One, two, and three, and seven could go away, and all the books could fill it up. Well, I love seven. I love I seven. Love seven as I mean, well. I just, I mean, it was like I was happy to see another Star Wars movie, but Luke, I mean, not Luke, Han and Leia's crybaby son just turned it off for me. He's a Skywalker male. They all they, do that. It's Mel, yeah. Leia is the only Skywalker female that we've encountered, and she is tough as nails, and all the Skywalker guys. A little whiny dude. I want to go to the Luke was a whiner, but he's still from Skywalker blood. The thing no, is, when Leia blood. Yeah, you know, when when I tell you what, at the end of um, uh, Force Awakens, when mm-hmm. Han Solo yells out Ben, yeah, like it just hit me. This was like, of course they named him Ben. Yeah, you know, like it's like, oh yes, you know, and he's calling himself something else. Dude. Yeah. Um, but it's Ren. It's Kylo Ren, isn't it? Yeah, but no, his that's origin- the name he gave him. That's he gave himself. Oh. His original name was Ben. Yeah. Ben, ben Solo Kenobi. after uh, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. Old Ben, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's You know, it's this beautiful, like that moment. It's like, oh, God, you know. And I loved The Force Awakens. I have problems with the prequels. Yeah, those were yeah. kitty like. They wanted that to be family oriented to well, make money. That was Lucas's always intention. This is where the Ewoks come from. And this the is, Ewoks. You know, because he knew he could sell teddy bears. Um, exactly. He was doing it to make money. Like, that's always been Lucas's end game. Um, and the prequels, uh, they're not as bad as everyone's. Like, going after. I enjoyed them. After I'm, I'm odd. After I, 10 I years, watched, they're I not watched as bad. them, and I don't I like know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Every time I watch the, the episodes one through three, I was rooting for the bad guys. I always do. Well, there's some mistakes in those prequels because the fact that they mm-hmm. didn't bring back Darth Maul was like a huge mistake. Uh, I know? think that was probably wasn't that part of the Clone Wars when they made him robotic. Or well, something? they they brought him back in the, the comics first, and then they brought him back. I'm not really worried about that because I don't think a lot of people will be reading the books. They're just going to be watching the movies, yeah, and yeah, wearing their Halloween costumes and buying all the crap of Star Wars, and they don't read they don't really read the books. So they're not really going to follow those little side adventures. They're just going to stay with what they saw on TV or movies or 
however. I watched episodes one, two, and three in the theater. Yeah, I think I have not watched them since. (laughs) That's fair. It wasted my time enough in the theater. There's one moment in three that is actually it's not redeeming enough, but when the the empire is officially formed, um, the the princess character uh, Padme. Amadala. Amadala. She says, uh, um, "This is how freedom dies with thunderous applause." You know, mm-hmm. like I, I think that's the one thing that I do like about episodes one, two, and three. I like watching this horrible villain that terrified me as a child. Okay, Emperor Palpatine. I like watching how he just insinuate. He's such a great villain. Mm-hmm. So that was the parts that, like that I took. In he insinuated himself in here and there, and and you see him go from Senator Palpatine to now he's in China, and then yeah, and it just goes from there. And you're like, oh, you know, watching him, the downward spiral of Anakin. Just Anakin. I liked him when he was a cute little kid, and episodes two and three, I, I didn't care about. The thing is, he could have told that story in one movie. Yeah. Yes, yes, he could have. But I did like watching. Palpatine put his fingers in everything and manipulate everything and everyone. I may get to get to where he trouble got. for this, but I enjoyed the original Star Trek: The Clone Wars. Star Wars. Or, or Star, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. I'm sorry. I was like, they did Star Wars: Clone Wars uh, uh, from Cartoon Network. But it, it was in like seven minute episodes. That was really good. The animation and the stories in those, well, I thought was very good. Of course, then they all, later on they incorporated it into half-hour episodes. Yeah, they turned it into its own CG. Its own, own it starts CG off in this weird 2D animated thing. Yeah. Then becomes a 3D animated show. Yeah. And then, um, but that, that, that first one where they do the 2D animation with the seven-minute episodes and then they compiled them all together at the end. That actually won some Emmys. It, I, I enjoyed it very it. much on those. Uh, you get, yeah, you get a lot of uh, story about uh, some of the Jedi Masters and some of the other bad guys like uh, Mace Windu. Mace Windu was a good no, guy. No, he said Jedi yeah. Masters and bad guys. Yeah. And, and, and then he Wind- said Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> was a good guy. But he was a good guy. And one, you, know, you, you get more into uh, uh, how uh, General Grievous... Uh, started cough, has that cough, why he has that cough and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's backstory. It was really well done. I, I thought that was fun. But, well, um, um, oh, go ahead. I'll say for me, when I was a kid, like, I didn't really get into Star Wars as a kid. Like, I knew of, I knew what they were. I knew, oh, I'm your father. Like, I, but as a kid, I had only ever seen the original three, like, once. And then I went years and years out without watching, just because it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my, you know, fandom. And then I think it's only been, like, the last two or three years. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually starting to get into Star Wars. Like, you know, I know, I know that sounds really bad because a lot of people I know really love the Star Wars franchise. I mean, I'm not saying that they were bad. I'm just saying, as a kid, I couldn't get into them. Like, I didn't have the focus or attention to get into it. You know, I was all over the place. Well, the reason why I liked it was so much, it came out in 1977. I was six. Which, yeah. yeah. I was six years old. But, like, I just didn't have the attention for it as a kid. And then... So when I saw the original three in theaters, I didn't hate him. I didn't like. It was kind of like, eh, 
you know, another Star Wars movie. Like, I only watched all the first three. The first one, two, and three, yeah. not four, five, and well, six. Well, they re-released four, five, and six. Oh, they did re-release four, five, and six. Yeah. I saw four Planet in the theater. Yeah. I saw four in theaters, and then that's when I went and saw the next day on VHS. I sat down and watched uh, Strikes Empire and returned to the But um, when I watched one, two, and three, it was like I was kind of in the middle. I didn't have an opinion, like, yeah. you know, of, oh, I love this, oh, I hate this, you know. And so, um, you know, I, for a long time, I was kind of like, I, I don't have an opinion, so don't, you know. But I, I think, like I said, the last couple of years, I've really started getting into it, and I'm starting to kind of understand, okay, this is why people hated this verse. Or you know, one, two, three. Or this is why people like this one. You know, this is why people hate this character. So it's only been recently that I've kind of been like, oh, okay, I, I'm starting to understand this. You know, Years so oh, go ahead. I have a point. Sorry, point. So reading this book, I think, has really helped me. Like just by getting me even more into the story. Like, okay, now I want to go back through four, five, and six, and rewatch them again. Now you know. Now that I'm like, I think I'm ready to fully enjoy it, like I should enjoy it, you know. And then I will go back eventually and watch one, two, and three, just because I forgot so much of it. I was just right. like, I don't, I don't care about these movies, you know. So I just forgot so much about what happened in those movies that I'm like, okay, I know people say those are horrible, but I kind of feel like I want to remember the plots and remember, remember why people say it's horrible, you know. Right. Thing. So the, the, watch them in the proper the one, order. The one Four, thing. five, six, I know. one, two, three. Yeah, Even Natalie Portman said that she's not going to allow her kids to watch oh, one well, through six. She's going yeah. four, five, six, then <laughs> one through there three. There was a guy who did one through six with his kid and when he got to Empire, this kid started to have real, like the guy wrote a great uh, piece about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his kids started to really freak out when you get to Yoda. Because Yoda's, you know, he might not all be all there when we first meet Yoda in Empire. He's an old, crudgy, you know, mm-hmm. puppet. And his kids started like, what, what happened to Yoda? What, 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 what went wrong with Yoda? Why is Yoda acting like this? What happened to Yoda? Mm-hmm. And like the kid really had a real problem. Yeah, he's with that. old now. You know, like, get over it, kid. So like, yeah, yeah. You, but you should watch them four, five, six. Oh, which I will. When I go back and watch them, mm-hmm. I will do four, five, six. Like that. That was the one shining moment in the first three. The Yoda's first three was Yoda's oh my battle. Yes. Yes. But it was not enough to make me go out and That's buy the a one thing I remember yeah. from that movie. I bought him and gave being, him away. Yeah, being <laughs> in the theater and when, when that scene came with Yoda getting ready to fight, I heard someone in the audience yell, Kick his ass, Yoda! <laughs> that, was, that part I remember. I was like, I was, oh my God. Like in a midnight it was Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was Those of you before, I didn't like him. So. The screening of like Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And when the scrawl, the crawl, everyone stood up. Like we just knew we were about to have this religious experience. And then you get to the Metachlorians, and you can kind of feel the air come out of the room. Yeah. Like I, I sat there and I go, "Did he just contradict his own continuity?" And I'm going, "No, no, he couldn't have. I'm misconstruing this." And then I saw it a second time in theaters. And I go, "No, that's 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 a continuity mm-hmm. error." Yeah. Like something like Star Wars shouldn't have continuity errors, um, but you know, here we are with this book, and they're describing uh, Coruscant, and it looks nothing like it looks in the prequels. 
Right. You know, and I get that time has moved. We're like 37 years <laughs> away from the prequels at that point. Yeah. We have to figure this book was written in 1994. And, and battles. Yeah. But I'm talking about in the continuity of the story. Well, mm-hmm. The continuity of the story. Because, uh, uh, like, you have... Oh, yeah, from Coruscant, from mm-hmm. the first three movies, yeah. is... I think 20 years before episode 4, which is A New Hope. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's like 30 years from this story. Coruscant is supposed to be just a, a planet that is just nothing but a giant city. Yeah, it's, it's the, whole the whole planet is New York or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. We see and, it several times. Um, I think it's pretty much the, the same. Well, it talks about these ivory towers and talks about... You know these these thousand year old towers and stuff, stuff like built on top of the, 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 and other the uh, subhuman people living in the uh, yeah, dark alleyways, deep down alleyway uh, crevices and stuff. And that like. reminded me of Blade Runner totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I I mean yeah, from the Coruscant from episodes one through three, you're adding twenty years, and then from New Hope to Return of the Jedi is like. A, Two or three years, so there's another 23, and then add another seven, so it's 30 years. Now, uh, we're we're coming to the end here real quick. I want I just remembered a point I wanted to get back to. Okay. You said you much rather have seen this as the movie than well, yeah, Force Awakens. Yes, I'd rather have um, this Jedi search, this book here, be episode 7 then The Force Awakens and then the next two books that follow this be episodes 8 and 9. Right. That would have been a lot better than that crap that I saw in the movie theater. I really liked Force Awakens. I did too. I mean, um, I just could not... I could not handle... I mean, I liked it with seeing Chewbacca and Han return again, but them losing their ship and everything, and then I just couldn't get... Past Kylo Ren, the crybaby. Well, it, Kylo, Ren, Kylo Ren. Oh, Kylo Ren is supposed to be that issue. Kylo Ren, uh, uh, the director, I forget his name, J.J. Um, Abrams. Yeah. He said publicly, Kylo Ren is a reaction to the fanboys complaining over the prequels. Like <laughs> he is a parody of the fan community lashing out at Lucas. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I'll watch it again. I only seen it once in the movie theater, just like Wayne, and I don't. I mean, and see, I love that. I might, get in, I might get in the red box for how much it costs a dollar, dollar in there, yeah. but I don't think I'll go because I don't believe Lucas deserves all the credit. Well, we own it if gets. you want to borrow it. Huh? We own it if you want to borrow it. Except, do we have enough money? Oh wow, you guys are rich. But I don't believe Lucas. <laughs> I believe Lucas gets too much credit for you know. I think Lucas just needs to retire and let the people who know the stories better than him do it. Well, he should have done that a long time ago. He no longer has anything to do with the franchise. Oh, thank God. He have sold. Him, have him go buy. He sold it and go on Pirates of the Caribbean a couple times. He sold it to Disney for four billion dollars. Well, good for him. Retire. Go spend yeah. your money before you die. Uh, he's. Jeez, I wish I had something to sell to Disney for four billion dollars. Yeah. It was like a year or so after they bought Marvel for four billion. So it's like, 
How many billions does Disney have to just buy up franchises? I think you and I are the That's why Disney movies are still $25 each, no matter how old they are. You want to go buy a Disney movie? It doesn't matter how you're long you're paying. You're paying $30. Bucks. You pay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. go buy Snow White? You want to go buy Sleeping Beauty? Yeah. You want to go buy Pete's Dragon? Snow White, which Fox is almost 100 years. Yeah, and how, yeah. how much are Mickey Mouse ears at Disneyland? They're probably still Same. $20 or yeah, something. Yeah, oh, more than that. Yeah. I haven't been the able to buy hats at Disneyland yeah. since sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> My head's too big. <laughs> but yeah. yeah but there, I don't there, think episode, there should have been episode seven. Just ignore everyone else's opinion at this oh, table. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's interesting. I love BB-8. I just did a bunch of sketch cards, and I did BB-8, R2-D2, and C-3PO all in one little sketch card. Um, I can't help it. I'm not a fan of the droids. <laughs> R2-D2 was always my favorite when I was a kid. Him and the Ewoks. Because yeah. I was a kid, okay? I love the Ewoks. Well, I you, wanted it my own I, We argued about this a long time ago, but you were kid. right. There was an Ewoks movie. Ewoks movie. And I watched it, was, it when I was little, and I loved it. And I'm glad I, I didn't, didn't watch it. <laughs> the Ewoks movies on Netflix? I believe so. Oh, we got to watch that. I haven't seen that since I was like, uh, you know. I, 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 know I enjoyed yeah. the Ewoks movie. I love it. I don't know if I'm not seeing it. But I think that's just because I've always been kind of an Anglophile. Like, well, yeah, you know, the British thing. Is, but Paul, I don't know what's annoying. Paul Dini wrote from uh, Star Wars, that's Clone Wars, the cartoon. He pitched two episodes that they turned him down on. Uh-huh. And one was a uh, an Ewoks episode where, like, they were on a desert pl- They were on this, like... Planet. They needed a guy who was going to get them to, to where they needed to get alive. They needed this, you know, Han Solo character. And the the guy in the bar goes, "Well, you need to talk to him." And you know, big furry thing goes, "No, no, no." And he steps aside. He's a little like Ewok with a staff. Goes, "No, Chuck, Chuck, get you where you want to go." Yeah. And, and you know, it's right. going to be this Ewok heavy episode that the someone top down said, "No, we can't do that." Thank God. Thank and the God. other episode, Paul Dini. Uh, because he wrote for the series uh-huh. that he wanted to do was a Jar Jar Binks episode. Nope. Where he wanted to do more like um, uh, Jar Jar Binks on the Senate, like filibustering. <laughs> like like he's oh, like he's got a cause. Like it was going to be like uh-huh. um, uh, what's that movie? So and so goes to Washington. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It was going to be Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but with Jar Jar Binks filibustering in the Senate. Oh gosh. Um, I still think that's a funny concept. No, I'm just totally glad that the Emperor was a racist and obliterated that whole race off the existence of the movies. Um, I will defend uh, Jar Jar Binks. Nope. I, don't, I, don't I, I defend some I of those I think it's hilarious when his tongue goes numb in the first movie. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's get back to the Well, I think we... Final thoughts? Because we're, we're at an hour and 30 minutes. Um, My final thought is that this is a good book. And you want to read more? I would. I will read more. <laughs> and I would probably give it an 8.5 out of 10, probably. Mm. Okay. Um, when I was on Scribd, some of the the reviews um, for the, the book, um, who's the, the author again? Kevin? Kevin Anderson. Kevin J. Anderson. Uh a lot of people like his work. A lot of people like there was high praise in the review in the comment section on Scribd. So even though I'm not 
inclined to, to dive back into the Legends universe, um, I want to give him another shot. I, oh, I see, love these books. Read something else of his? Yeah, I want to see. Uh, I don't know off, my, off the top. Let's look it up. I'm not yeah. sure. Hey, he's got like a bunch of Star Wars books on there. Right. right. I mean, right. he's looking here, other works by Kevin Anderson. Uh, he might have some stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he does Star Wars, Jedi Search, Dark Apprentice, and Champions of the Force. Tales from Mos Eisley, Dark Saber, Illustrated Star Wars Universe, Tales from Jabba's Place, Tales of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, mine's newer, so it has more yeah. books. But they're all mine's they're all nice Star Wars. Wars. But this just says Star Wars book by Kevin Anderson. Yeah. So it's just a list of his Star Wars books. So maybe he has other stuff. Other stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. I mean, he has yeah. in my yeah. book here. He says Resurrection Incorporated, Game Earth, Game Play. Games end. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't recognize those. Sounds like you really Star like trilogies. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, what are we reading next month? Oh, um, well, anyone else have any final thoughts before we we go to the? Um, I just say, I mean, if if someone is going to read this book, just keep it in mind, yeah, that these probably won't be have any ideas taken from them to be put into a movie, but just read them and just pretend that they're part of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And forget about Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad we can't add that blob scene in somewhere. I'd love to see that. That might still make it into a movie somewhere. Never know. So, uh, who's doing I the want to do it. Bonnie's okay. doing the drawing. So, all right. No cheating. All right, next book. How can I cheat? Book. They're all like the same kind of paper. I don't know. All right. A Gentleman's Game by Greg Rucka. Oh, uh, oh. Nice. we love Greg Rucka. Who, who this was Maylene. This was my suggestion. Another one, Maylene. <laughs> thanks, Maylene. Yeah, yeah um, thanks, Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg Rucka did write the official Star Wars uh, Force Awakens novels. So yeah, uh, okay, I'll give that a just try. Just doing some research real quick. Better than the movie. Kevin J. Anderson also did some writing in the Dune series. <laughs> 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 he likes uh, the guy who's addicted to spice. Here's one: uh, Dune, the uh, the Butler Butlerian Jihad by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. There's one, two, three, four. At least four or five others <laughs> dealing with the Dune series. <laughs> so. Okay, now we know where Kevin's coming from. <laughs> so, A Gentleman's Game by Greg Rucka. Yes. All right. I am looking forward to it. You guys are going to love this. Go ahead and break it down. It's basically an awesome spy novel. It's, it's this main character. The main character is this female character, and she is like part of an elite team who they're all about, you know. Um, but all about you know doing the missions and there's there can only be three at a time and when you first enter you go to three or two at the top so she's number one in this group of spies and basically on a mission something goes wrong and she is coming under a lot of fire from her own you know her own network of people and it's her trying to correct this wrong and basically get back on the right side it's her trying to fix things after something, go, a disaster happens. And basically, there's only like a few people on her side who can help her. And it's just a really great story. Greg Rucker writes amazing women. 
so you bury the leaves. How old is the book? Um, 10, 10 or twelve years. You bury the leaves. It's a yeah. It's a female James Bond. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a female James Bond. Yeah. There you go. So it's it's really worth so it's a the spy mystery type book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a you know. What year does it take? Is it like? It's like the two thousand. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not like an early fifties or you know whatever. It's science fiction featurey it, type. It's not it's science like fictiony. It's supposed to be it's like modern times. Yeah, or? modern times. You know, all the technology we have. You know, it's oh, not cool. like alien or anything. But yeah. Right. Give it a try. Next month, uh, Greg Rucka, a gentleman's game. Okay. Have a good one. See you next month. Skip Kylo Ren. There you have it. That was uh, Kevin J. Anderson's uh, Jedi Search. Uh, next month, uh, we will be reading uh, uh, Greg Rucka's A Gentleman's Game, a very uh, spy-ish uh, novel. I'm a huge Greg Rucka fan, um, and uh, it's going to be a fun time had for all. Uh, again, sorry we got this episode out late. Um, one more uh, reminder: April 29th at Ryan's Comics. Uh, April or uh, April, uh, sorry, April 22nd at Ryan's Comics. April 29th at TitanCon, and May 6th in Palm Springs uh, Free Comic Book Day. Uh, hope you guys uh, come out and, and see us. Have a great day. Uh, this was uh, Jedi Search Star Wars. And next month we have A Gentleman's Game.